Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fresh Roast. I'm your host, Matt Zimmer. It is Wednesday, bright and beautiful outside. Hopefully, you're able to enjoy the sunshine uh, today. Maybe you're working from home, and uh, you can take a little extra time, a little uh, extra time in your lunch hour, and, and enjoy the uh, the sunny weather. I thought today I'd talk a little bit about uh, really company identity and and how really the importance of understanding um, uh, the type of company you are um, or potentially really understanding the type of company your customers are and kind of how to take um, take those views and start crafting a, a sales message um, around that. So I thought I'd start out with with an example that's popped up recently in my life, and then maybe we can uh, try to relate that to some other types of businesses. One of the, uh, I think, one business that um, you may have heard discussed quite a bit in in the startup world recently uh, is WeWork. And if you've heard or been involved in the WeWork story at all, um, you'll know that WeWork really um, worked hard to identify itself as really a, a technology company. And, um, you know, really, really tried to leverage their technology, their technology platform as what was going to be the growth engine of the company and and since that company has has really unwound what we've really seen is you know rather than being a technology company that you know what their um strategic advantage or their um you know where their strategic skill set really was 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 really a marketing company and they were repackaging um you know they were they were basically taking a real estate business and repackaging it with some sexy marketing uh, and pitching it to to a new new audience, albeit in a, in a new format, um, but you know still kind of uh, reselling um, or renting uh, office space. And you know what? So when when it went when it came to what their sales model was, where they put their effort and their money, really, you know, their expertise was in selling the WeWork brand and the WeWork vision. And the technology side of things, um, when it came to personnel within that company and how they built their company, that was really an afterthought. Uh, and frankly, that work, um, uh, you know, when it, when it came to building staffing, uh, and talent within the organization, that work was looked to be outsourced. Um, and so the technical expertise that was built at that company was really a marketing uh, and, a, and, a, and a real estate expertise. And the technology piece was, you know, kind of left to the side and, and it was outsourced uh, to other development companies. Uh, and so the development talent was really built outside of WeWork. And I think the challenge that I would have when I hear other types of businesses talk about um, their company is 
if your technical expertise is being built outside of your company, it's in fact not your technical expertise. Um, and really, there's almost no way to recover um, from kind of the initial conception of uh, of the company um, to try to bring those those pieces back back in house. Um, and so, uh, a company like WeWork, when they outsource their technical proficiency, um, really needs to take a look at the business and decide that they are, they are, they aren't a technical company. Uh, they don't need to be a technical company. It's not important for them to be a technical company, and in doing so, can easily justify the decision that to hey, we're going to outsource this work. It doesn't need to be our technical proficiency, but internally are very honest about the reasons they did that. And, and, you know, I think when it comes to WeWork, one of the reasons, uh, that thing got hit so hard is they never were really honest, uh, with themselves or with anybody else about, uh, why they made those decisions. In fact, they probably were the right decisions, but, um, uh, you know, it wasn't communicated, um, in a, in a direct manner, in a direct and truthful, um, manner. So one of the reasons this is important is if we put ourselves in the shoes of, of WeWork, when it comes to deciding in your own company where to put your resources, where the majority of your resources should be going is building the internal um, strategic advantage, strategic skill set that you plan to lever into the future uh, to build your business around. And if that happens to be technical talent and you're going to be, you know, the next Google, that's great. Um, if that happens to be marketing, that's great. If that happens to be sales or subject matter experts around, you know, real estate or, or whatever, that's great. Um, it doesn't really matter. Now, each one of those has a different uh, financial implication, hiring, um, high-level developers has a different impact uh, than um, on a per-person basis than hiring social media marketers. Um, so there are, there are, you know, there are implications to choosing one of those, but there's nothing inherently wrong with choosing, you know, any one line of business. It just is important that you are very honest with what the company is and how it's um, how it's going to be built. And likely if you are not a technical, when I say technical, I mean like computer programmer. Um, if you're not that person, um, but let's say you're a real estate person trying to start, uh, you know, a REIT or something like that, likely you will be outsourcing that technology and really leveraging your expertise in kind of that REIT model, uh, or in 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 the, in the real estate um, industry to kind of grow the, grow the business, um, and and really just being honest about that, um, and really upfront will help you more correctly um, direct your resources. Now everybody makes mistakes, and it's very difficult to do this perfect one hundred percent of the time. In fact, it's impossible. But um, it'll give you a better framework for thinking about how do you spend. Uh, resources within your organization. Now, from looking at your customer's perspective, this can be equally important. Um, and I'll give you an example in, in the software industry. Again, 
when you think about the amount of startups that are being generated today, I would challenge you uh, that when you look at these companies, really start a checklist of is this business being presented as a a technical achievement, and really are are they trying to root the reason they are going to be successful in in a in a technical uh, fashion, or are they? Are, are they being honest and saying it's it's a marketing play or a, a subject matter expert play? And what you'll find is most startups position themselves as tech, when in reality they are not tech. And maybe they have a CTO, um, but maybe not. But when it comes to what talent they are building, the talent they are building is not technical talent. In fact, usually if they have a CTO, they're going to India and they're hiring a dev team to build their MVP and they're building it outside of the company. And that can be a great way to get to MVP, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, you've outsourced your technical expertise and you put it in the hands of others. And trying to peel that back through the growth of the company is very, very difficult. So when, if, if so if you're a... Again, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with this example just because it's easy. If you if you are a software developer and you've decided, hey, I'm going to go after these types of businesses, understanding that while while this business that I'm trying to go after is representing itself as a technical company, if you can understand that they in fact are not, you have a strategic advantage when you go in the room and try to sell them. Because basically what you can say is, hey, and you need to figure out how to word this depending on the the customer, you can basically say, hey, I know you've outsourced your talent. I know you want to bring that bring that back in or bring that to a trusted party or you know, at some point you got to have some face time um, uh, with the people that are building your product. I have a way to, to help with that. Um, and you can kind of, you know, depending, that, that's, that's a programming um, you know, play, but you can do that. You can do the same thing with, uh, if you're a marketing company and you see a, um, uh, you know, a software development company really trying to do marketing, uh, work, you know, really sitting down with them and understanding that like, look, where you should be putting your resources is into building your technical team. You should leave the marketing to marketers, and let them like let me help you, let me prove that I can help you, and let me prove that I can do it at a much lower cost than you can do it yourself. So helping by 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 being a business that understands a who you are, by being a business that understands who your customers are, and then by inserting yourself into you know the actual makeup of that. Uh, of that organization you're you're trying to go after as a customer, you can offer them a solution, um, you know, to a problem that they're actually experiencing and that they're they're likely not quite conscious of. Um, but it'll give you a means and a framework of talking to somebody without belittling them, without belittling their business, but also letting them know that like, you know, you're an expert. And you're an expert in this one small area that they need an expert 
and you know they need an expert because they've all outsourced all that talent. And yep, maybe they're planning on growing that talent, but to transition, you know, from from MVP to to Rev One or whatever, you know, it's going to take more talent, and and you can be that subject matter expert um, to help them to help them do that. So I think, you know, hopefully that gives a little bit of framework on on how to think about um, these things, but really understanding that um, a company can't be all things to everybody, and you know, a a, a technically proficient company um, might be able to produce, you know, a great a great product, um, but it isn't going to know how to sell it. It's not going to necessarily know what features to produce. It's not going to necessarily know, you know, what logo is going to attract attention and make people remember. And all of those skills are are are, are important and noble, and and um, you know, there, there there doesn't need to be. Nobody should be feeling badly because they aren't sitting down and in, 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 in programming code. Um, you know, that, that's necessary, but, but in all honesty, um, easy access to code, um, is a very easy way to, to kill your capital resources very effectively or very quickly, um, without really ever having, um, any detailed knowledge about what people want you to be want you to be building um and you may be building um but then you know basically never get the the correct market feedback on on whether or not you've built a product anybody cares about so i think that's it for um this lesson um hopefully that give you a little insight on how to think about um you know the framing around not only your customer but or not only your company but uh your uh potential customers So as always, my name is Matt Zimmer. Uh, This is Fresh Roast, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks.